0: welcome to talking in stations uh, i am madderall here with a familiar face for all of you this is hateless you guys are probably just watching him a minute ago and also we have ashtarothy here greeting fellow
1: emperians i am ashtarothy how are you guys doing
0: uh we also have gregorian with us hello and our guest uh and one of our patreons nick bison how you doing
2: nick good day thanks for having me back
1: in before we jump into it I want to apologize I' am cloaked I'm cloaked today once again but uh I'll get in front of the camera again soon with that sweater that's all right uh so let's well, a- pass the winter so maybe not we may have to wait again
0: yeah <laughs> your Christmas sweater okay today we're going to talk about well a great number of things uh from actually there's not a lot of news is there uh what you're gonna do it's
1: kind of been quiet um it is it it is worth knowing we didn't noting we didn't have a show yesterday um and but yesterday was the quantum core day so we've been building up to this for almost six months now i think uh between the first announcement that quantum cores were coming to today to yesterday but now Ah, uh, not only do all new structures require a quantum core, but any structure that does not have a quantum core, that structure will no longer provide tethering, repair, or uh, refitting. So, yeah. um, in particular, wormholers, uh, if they were not taken care of by yesterday, they're they're in a bit of a lurch at the moment.
2: Right. I did have one question on that with the cores. Oh, yeah? um, where the, or I know it doesn't uh, a core less structure won't give you a repair. Does that include that automatic repair of your shields for docking and undocking?
0: Uh, we talked about capacitor and shields. Um, I think are related to capacitor, and we didn't know it was. It was assumed that there would be a problem restoring your capacitor
1: because I. I, I I don't think that they would go through all of that technical effort to just preserve that for no reason. And so I think it would just behave the same way that it behaves anytime that your ship transitions between something, Uh, which I guess for shields, you're right because you can jump through like a stargate. I don't know. Well, that might be worth sciencing.
0: There was something that, that, um, Kenneth Feld was telling us yesterday. And that was that the, the way that it cues, like there's certain cues of things that happen when you dock in, uh, uh, in one of those structures. And, and and part of that is that it refills your capacitor. I imagine another part of that is it refills your shields. And then it does these other things that are, I think, known as basic services for the Citadel. That you don't have It'd definitely be worth testing. Yeah. That's for sure. And we, we suppose that because you don't have basic services, you don't have a fitting, you don't have a repair, that it never goes through the queue of processes that that belongs to. So you might have other services like a market or a mineral something or other, but you won't have those basic services. Uh, so we'd have to, we'd have right. to test it.
1: Right. Yeah. So just to be clear, so service modules, things like the market, the refinery, the laboratory, those can all be online and still run. And the structure can even I believe it's still fully functional, high-powered. The guns work and everything. It, As you said, it is those basic services that actually stop working. You can still dock and undock and get your stuff out, but you lose the protection and repair of tether and the ability to refit and re, uh, rearm uh, and repair inside. Yeah. Uh, this is very similar to kind of what you see in the philosophy of Poshvin, because people that have... Bad standings with the Triglavians cannot use those repair services in those structures. And eventually, they can't even dock in the, station, uh, the Sorry, the MPC stations. But those with good standings, i.e. the locals, can use those services to continually repair themselves, giving a home field, you know, just part of the edge that is the home field advantage of the locals.
0: Yeah. What's interesting, too, is because I thought, oh, well, if you don't have a core in there, then you probably would lose jump clone. But that's a service that you put in there nope, using that's a That's a service module. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. That works just the same. Another big one that a lot of people uh, thought about was there's all these Athenors that were already put up, and many of them, di- you know, they didn't have cores. They were kind of like because the moon changes to high sec happened, I think, just prior to this uh, the the core changes. So, kind of everybody had these athenors that they put up but no longer care about. So they're definitely not going to core it. And uh, they probably either be- don't care enough to put fuel in it and it's just burning through fuel and just not going into low power yet, or they care just enough to keep it fueled in one service module running just to hold on to it. But um, the key here is, is that if you have an athenor, you can still use the drill. And so you can do basically the entire functionality of an Athenor that you need from yeah. it, um, even if it never has a core. So the question is, how many of these Athenors and high-sec exist? Um, because really, I mean, at this point, most structures are probably cord. Um, so the really boils down to maybe some of these high-sec or maybe even wormhole structures, places where people would have put up Athenors and then no longer want them because of the period of restriction, and or uh, whatever, with let. And now, if they somehow become valuable again, those structures will exist, but they still won't have cores. Yeah, I know that
3: my alliance is... Uh, what is your alliance? Pandemic horde industry and logistics people, have the people who run alliance-level logistics, lo- like, structures and stuff like that have decided not to core everything yet.
0: That's Goran speaking.
3: And uh, they've... Marked which structures aren't aren't going to be cord because yeah I was at, I was surprised when I saw at, at how much uh, you could still do with an uncored grandfathered structure. Yeah,
0: essentially, they're taking away your your combat capability with a structure if it doesn't have a core, and so it's kind of saying if you want to use this thing to harass areas like these roach motels that, you know, people used to just drop five, six, seven of them. And that's what they were going to base themselves out of and not really even, you know, fuel them for very long. Uh, But they were too hard to remove. So what this is for, what these cores are for is to say, okay, you can put down as many structures as you want, but you're going to pay for it uh, by putting down this thing that is incentive for somebody else to destroy your uh, structure, And so they get that um, core, they get to keep it if they destroy your structure. So now if you're going to throw down three or four or five aster houses, not only are they going to cost more because you have to buy the aster house and now you have to buy the core as well, which are kind of expensive, but now you're putting something up on the table as table stakes to say, I mean it, I want to use these, you know, for combat. And that's primarily what this was about, but it's also to control spam because there's too many structures out there. I think also they really wanted to take the uh, need to have structures in high sec. Uh, I think they wanted to take that and recalculate that. So maybe the better idea is for you not to have your own structures in high sec, since that's where a lot of spam was, I guess.
1: Well, it's important to note that this isn't this isn't the design. The design of cores isn't based on the what functionality is given to structures without cores, because from now on there will be no new structures without cores. That's the other piece of this whole puzzle. So really, all this is is a soft grace period that that some sh- structures, these stations, or yeah, whatever the upwell structures will. Um, become an ever dwindling population of grandfathered in structures the these coreless structures and then otherwise it'll basically become a forgotten or quirky mecha- uh, you know side mechanic there was
0: this also this other thing too that somebody told me from goonswarm where they said like oh yeah there's still a bunch of Astra houses in the north so anytime i'm roaming in the north i can just pull over into a pit stop on one of those green to them you know or blue to them Uh, Astro houses and refuel your capacitor, your tether and everything else. And it's just a, it's like a little lily pad for you. That's safe um, when you're out there. And those things could be there forever. uh, Essentially. They're just sitting there. I don't know. um, Right. HATELIST. Two things.
1: Two things I want to note about. Oh, go ahead.
0: ahead And then I'll go to ahead.
1: Just two mechanics about this that I think um, is important to note because I don't know if a lot of people are that aware of it. Uh, First of all, uh unanchoring structures is a giant pain in the butt, not just logistically having to move it around, but the fact that you have to initiate a, an event that has a timer that ticks down. And when that timer is over, that structure suddenly becomes just a can that can be looted. And so even with everything else going on, you also can just, as we noted during the war, have your star stolen, oopsie-daisy. So Or smaller structures. Uh, Right. So it's like it's almost more of a risk to try to tear down your structure sometimes than it is to just let it stay alive and be done with it. The other thing to note is that these structures, once cored, the core drops when the structure dies, um, which means... When you, if once a region becomes populated and somebody puts up new structures, eventually, like as time goes on, structures will be put up, those will require cores. And then, when those structures are destroyed by the invading forces, if they're not handed over, those cores will drop. And then the invading forces will then just load those cores into their new structures.
0: Yeah. All right. So. Hateless, do you deal with this kind of stuff at all? Do structures, uh, cores, this mean anything to your gameplay?
4: No, not really. Uh, I know that the people that run in NullSec are uh, are very dependent on these, uh, but they have the money to just throw the isk at it. It's not a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. But for you, that does a lot of uh, missions and... Other in sec, it's not a
4: big deal. Uh, rather than Tethers and Sadocs are more reliable. You don't have to worry about if something ran out of fuel i try and keep clones in actual npc stations because if they run out of fuel they get destroyed you lose your clone i, I learned that i don't know how much i lost i lost somewhere between five and twenty billion s because the one things went down in new kaldari yeah if you... uh, and i was completely without warning so i mean in in my gameplay i don't trust these structures long term yeah, because oh, somebody
0: can just pull the plug on the structure that your clones are in without you knowing it, and those yeah. are gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. I, I just I want to clarify something. If if the structure runs out of fuel, the clone becomes inaccessible. But just simply refueling the structure will allow the clone to be accessible again. It doesn't just outright destroy the clone. The structure itself or the clone bay has to be destroyed or removed in order for the clone itself to be destroyed or you know your contract be revoked.
4: Uh, the window between when it ran out of fuel and when it got destroyed was very small. Yeah. And there's nothing that I can do about it because they can't jump to it if it's dead.
1: That's a solid yeah. point. So from the point of low low fuel to to one of the various uh, wrecking crew style groups coming through is approximately seven days.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't even know that it was. I got zero alerts. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah that it was out of fuel. Right. I didn't know that it was at risk. I literally had that's zero do. I even checked it 2 days before and it was fueled. Or went out of fuel and then died. That's weird.
0: Wow, that's
3: Yeah, the fast. only uh stru- the only structures that I would trust to uh keep a clone in long term are major coalition staging's keep stars or or whatever the biggest uh, co- the owners can afford as their main staging like or the perimeter keep star like I one of my implant sets I I've kept it in NPC station and not touched it for the past year because I don't trust it moving us I don't know of any uh, citadels that have I have spare clothes in that I would trust to keep it in
0: mm.
4: Yeah like just find a storm there for like a couple days but if you're doing long term storage you always put it in an NPC station
2: Earlier someone had mentioned about you know how many of these. You know, high are out there, and I know in my particular small game play, You know, when they changed the moon mining in high sec, at that time I had about a half dozen, and took the two that were the least profitable, unanchored them, and then as the cores came started becoming available, at the end of November, beginning of December, made the decision on which two I was going to keep. Cord those and pulled up the other two. Well, I pulled up one of them. I didn't get there in time on the second, and it got snatched up. So somebody got a free Athenor off me.
1: Yeah, it's, right. a, it's a very common, it's a, it's an, in, like people like to give crap up to people or organizations about it, but it is a very common problem because the issue is that you have this timer, and if somebody else is more on top of it than you, then they can punish you for that if they, if that information gets leaked out. Um, but more importantly, you pretty much have to stay on top of it for seven days because you, you start the timer and it, ha- and it ends in, in seven days from the last time you start the timer. Um, and a lot of people will restart the timer multiple times to try to make sure that nobody actually understands uh, or knows when the timer is. Because as soon as you start on anchoring, it says it's unanchoring. anchoring. So most of the time you'll start and stop it multiple times. So that way people don't really know what it is because otherwise they can see that it started going on anchoring and know roughly when it's going to come out. So it's really complicated. And if you at any point have something that happens in your real life and you're not paying attention, oftentimes you don't have very many people to fall back on because you're trying to keep it secret because you don't want it to be stolen. Uh, Which incidentally to bring this all home, to, to talk about the clone bay thing, that's the other half of this, which is that to the outside observers, you can go for basically zero warning because a structure effectively goes from existing to not existing. Um, and there's a seven-day timer that's hidden to you unless you see the fact that the structure is unanchoring like by just seeing it from looking at it yourself.
0: Well, let me make that a little bit clear, which is if you don't own the structure, you don't see anything except if you happen to be looking at it at the exact moment it switches from, what, anchored to unanchoring, then you can say, oh, that just switched. Let me mark seven days from now. But the person, yeah, that, you- the person that owns it, though, can always go into it and check the clock because it will say you have two days, you have one day, you have 19 hours. It's counting down to when the exact moment, seven days later, that it will switch to a can as opposed to a structure where everything changes.
3: Yeah, it has to specifically be someone who has structure roles in the owning corporation, not just someone in the owner corporation.
1: Right. So All I'm saying is that it sounds like a colossally stupid thing for somebody to do, and but in reality, anybody who has managed structures for more than any amount of time whatsoever – that is included on anchoring structures has had one of their structures stolen from them. I I almost guarantee it.
3: Yeah. Like over the past year, four different keep stars got either stolen or their extraction was prevented by the Mm. someone else uh, attempting to loot. And then Mm -hmm. the freighter getting blown up and it not dropping.
0: The most famous one was mercenary coalition losing it in 2000. I want to say 18, Right before you Vegas, but let me, uh, yeah. let me throw this over. Uh, <laughs> you okay. Hateless. Yeah, I'm fine. All right. Uh, I'll start with you. Hateless on this question. Uh, this is something Ash and I've talked a lot about originally when structures were coming out, one of the things that CCP had as a goal was to get people to use the structures. Cause you don't want to develop this whole line of features for the next eight years. And nobody really likes them or uses them. So you want people to use them. And the incentives were, uh, as you can see, there's lots of incentives to use a personal structure as opposed to a game-issued structure like an NPC station. Do you think, and I'll open this up to all you guys after uh, Hateless, do you think CCP still cares about user adoption of the structures or do they kind of see NPCs as a viable option for people now?
4: So... The way you're framing the question it's kind of um, you're saying that they're not as useful, or people or do you think that CCP doesn't
0: Is it pushing uh, in the frame? Yeah, sorry. When they first came out, CCP was pushing people to get into their personal structures. and yeah. the thinking was that at some point they're going to take away NPC stations so you better get into a structure. but I think now I wonder if that's still their desire to push people towards player-owned structures as opposed to NPC structures.
4: NPC structures need to exist. like They just have to. You think they'll never go away then? They won't ever. There's no way that they can remove them all. Uh, We definitely need them uh, for like agents and missions if they uh, want to continue with uh, having missions in the game. We need them as a secure place to put our stuff when we leave the game. Uh, and we also need the JJ Trade Hub because that's a big part of the community. Um, I don't foresee those becoming player-owned in any foreseeable future or for any reasonable reason. I think that CCP does care that we use structures that we build and having them be valuable assets is incredibly important. And I would think that CCP would think that they are important as well and continue to push them, but I don't think that they will completely ever replace NPC stations.
1: Let me try to reframe this a little bit. So uh, oh, when ahead. we when, when Structures first came out, one of the things I mentioned, or, and one of the things I've talked about a lot when it comes to uh, the Citadel expansion and, and the changes that were made during that era, was that significant uh, design concessions were made in each of these cases in order to provide carrots um, that would serve to make players feel good about the uses of of these new tools, structures and capitals in particular. And um, now one of the things is that we're seeing CCP recognize that some of the caveats that they have made um, need to be walked back. And I believe that the question is, do you see these changes to Citadels represent that CCP feels that uh, adoption of structures is satisfactory now and no longer need these uh, like additional carrots to ensure adoption?
4: I would guess that the dish, they're already adopted. Like, they're fully adopted in our gameplay, uh, and so I don't really see carrots being necessary to encourage use more. Uh, if anything, they're being used too much. But, I mean...
2: So, it's also a school of thought on that part of that carroting made them too safe and too secure for your assets. In absolutely
1: way a lot of- I mean
4: asset safety is a little too powerful it's a little silly
1: so was that a fair reframing matter all uh yeah let's say it was okay all right well let's cool because uh, uh, now I want to respond to it oh oh okay so you set up your own question <laughs> because, because and, okay. well no I, well I try I tried to interpret let your me, question let me ask now myself a to. question okay thanks I, for asking me so, I attempted to I I was trying to figure out what or yeah, yeah, see the, if the that was what you, you were issue, trying to yeah. ask. Yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the thing is is that um, uh-huh. the significant advantages that were put into structures at that time um, and since then are not the things that they have weakened them with. In other words, uh, industry structures are still significantly better than MPC structures at building industry. Um, you know, military structures are still more powerful, like have advantages for military people. At least once you're projecting yourself into the structure game, having asteroes and other military level uh, structures is an advantage. Uh, likewise, if you want to do a lot of, if you want to have your own personal mining field, as crappy as they are in some places right now, uh, you you get there by having an Athenor. But the key here is, is that at this point the adoption is a group has to make the decision to have their own structures that's that's really i mean like obviously there are public structures and there's all the different like social orders and everything like that but um the the thing is is that the, really the tying it to wardex kind of recontextualized structures where this is now like you can use the npc services and that's fine but you want to use a player structure if you really want to get the you know the best for uh, the tippy top stuff and the way you can do that is either using a player structure uh, you know that or using somebody that's outside of your control which is super risky or having sufficient force to be able to you know defend against the the threats that come mm. but uh, and accepting the fact that you are either being war decked or at least your structure can be is exposed, and they will destroy it if you're not willing to defend it.
0: All right, what, what's that octopus there back there? Uh, that ear, what is that? His his
1: name is Sir Earl Quincy
4: Heidabas the Fifth Esquire, and he's my stream mascot. <laughs> Do you actually have
0: like uh oh? And your uh, and what's that other mascot you have there? That's uh, looks like a flo- that's, that's, a floating cat. That's Nika.
4: <laughs> that's Nika. That's the cat that's always bugging us on the surface. Right.
0: Somehow that cat just totally wants some fame because she appears to get active whenever we roll. All right. Awesome pets. Yeah.
1: I talk to a lot of like newer or smaller scale corporations, like people who are just trying to take their first steps or trying to understand the game as like a collective group, usually like somewhere between three to ten dudes or whatever. Um and the the thing is is that i i think that one of the things that experienced players in particular or people that haven't tried to be some sort of leadership position don't appreciate that a lot of the newer players are having to deal with based on the system is that there is this new thing where because of the Wordex system you can make your corporation you and your team can can like have your identity but there's this constant pressure that like you could always be doing better you can't win an industry if you because your margins are destroyed by people that do have those structures so it's it's eve online is a series of puzzles that need to be solved and structures are one of those really interesting solutions to the puzzle that either demand you have this social prowess to use other people's stuff or the physical you know the social or physical fortitude to defend it yourself or some other plan
0: right right yeah, I think when the structures come into the equations for building, I don't know if you'll agree with this, Nick, but for me, it kind of uh, it kind of blew that whole area for me. Like, um, it was well, I, I actually am one of the few people in, in the game, maybe the only one in the game, that really liked teams when they came out. I didn't like the concept at first, and then when they came out, I was like, I really like this concept because I can make decisions strategically on where I produce the materials I want to produce, and that changes constantly. So now I have an active gameplay to industrial stuff. But once they took that Real out, quick. the active... Real quick. Yeah.
1: So uh, the, during one of the, the previous expansion, during one of the industrial passes, one of the things they did was introduce a concept of teams, which were effectively uh buffs that you could you bid on so there is a bidding phase and then there is a working phase so you would bid on a certain team and if you or your corporation or alliance won the bid then that team would go to your structure and would provide uh some sort of boost to some form of industry based on what team it was to that structure for that brief period of time it was introduced into the game uh it was pretty controversial and was removed pretty quickly uh, after it was introduced now then go
0: Right. So the reason they took it away, wasn't because people didn't like it. I guess it wasn't used, but people figured out how to game the uh, the, uh, auctioning system. And then it became a point of contention. And CCP was like, let's just take that out um, because this is the new CCP and we don't leave things in the game that aren't working. Right. So they were trying to prove that
4: They were like the new CC. How are missions still in the game, if that was the thought?
0: <laughs> At one time, they were like, we know, we know, we have a reputation for putting something in the game and never coming back to fix it. So instead, we're going to tighten up the game. We're going to put stuff in it and fix it. And if we don't, we're going to take it out. And they were like, here's this Teams example. It's a feature that we talked about. We put it in there. Uh, it's been kind of gamed by some players. People are arguing about it, complaining. It's not getting used as much as we thought. We're not going to fix it we're going to take it out. And so they took it out. But what that left was, and the reason I brought it up, is structures then still had bonuses depending on the push influence, which is um, much like dynamic bounty system. If you're all in the same place, your costs for doing things go up. So it makes you want to spread out. It pushes you out. And the uh, opposite was supposed to be the pool function. And that was supposed to be teams. So teams would appear in different systems all over the galaxy that were specialized. So that would pull you to it. If you wanted to build drones, you would get pulled to that system where you would get 10% bonus for building drones or 10% savings. And uh, so they took out the pool mechanism and all they had was the push mechanism, which is what structures do and and what uh, the industrial index does. But ever since that happened, um, I've kind of stopped using structures. Like at that point, I was like, I don't know. It was like it, it wasn't working for me. I don't know if anybody else had that, but that's kind of when my industrial career started to slow down.
1: I I, I don't know. We have a network of structures, and I I try not. Everybody to else is fine. It's just course. me. I think. Go on. Yeah, yeah. All right. But um, I shoot. There was something in what you said that that I keyed off of, but now I. It's alright. I, just oh, I, I want to go to the then. next
0: topic while well, we have hateless here before we just take off. Oh,
2: oh, I'm good. I,
4: I, oh. I got time, dude. Oh,
0: do you? Okay. All right. Go ahead, Nick. What are we yeah.
2: got? Well, on the subject again of the smaller industrial guy, kind of like me. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they came out with the you know structures, we go ahead and build in um, as a as a small group trying to be competitive. One of the huge things a lot of folks didn't look at was, okay, if you're a 10 man core, wanna build some stuff, all right, cost of that structure, fit, outfitting it and fueling it, mm-hmm. and how long does that return before the return on investment is actually turning into a profit? And we looked at it and it would have been for as small of an operation as we were, and we were just building some hulks and some T2 ships. Mm-hmm. We were looking at 16 to 18 months before the break-even point. So it was like, eh, guess not in our case.
0: Yeah, one of the interesting... What I... Oh, go ahead, Hateless. Sorry? Who was it, Hateless or you?
1: No, that was uh, Ash. All right, go ahead. Um, I I wanted to point out... Now I just lost it again, never mind. (laughs) That was Ash Dorothy that had a point and lost it. Um,
4: Quite yeah I know that feel man.
0: I put up talk- I would put up talk bubbles uh but we do an introduction at the beginning of the show. If you ever want to know who's talking uh we'll we'll remind people whose voice is who but uh, if you've listened to talking in stations over the years, you know all these names and uh and people but i'm I'm willing to do that for new
1: people. Oh, I remember what it was now um so you were discussing the push and pull mechanic, and so I wanted to uh stress that. The issue that actually happened there was that CTP was replacing the old jobs line system. So every station had only so many lines. And so if all of those lines were full, you had to wait in a queue, um, which would make it so that basically it would take like if you wanted to build in Jita, for example, you could. It would take you like a a month in order to get a line to do something maybe. because they were all taken for that amount of time. So when they moved over to the structure system, they also removed the idea of lines. And so to continue to put some sort of pressure to get people to, to just not everybody build everything in JITA, uh, they added this idea of an index Um, And so then they were also experimenting with the idea of having people be pulled to specific places, as you described, which is ultimately why they scrapped it quickly rather than attempting to iterate on it because their core design philosophy, having people be pushed away so that way they can't all just build in one place, was still intact. And that was just like an extra experiment on top of that. That would have been a cherry. Right.
0: Those are those famous choke points. You know what's interesting about those? It's just a little thing. If you were here a long time ago and you had a queue up, I didn't realize you had to queue up. I thought you had to wait until it expired and then jump in. (laughs) So it wasn't getting in line. It was like, as soon as it gets to zero, then you jump in. And I was like, it just never gets to zero. (coughs) Took me a while to figure that out. Yeah,
2: it was the queuing on that worked the same way with the research uh, stations too, if I recall.
0: Yeah, all that stuff. All right, I put some names up so you can see who's talking. Okay, um, something else. Oh, okay. So Pando, who's a top FC in the game, says, whenever I listen to this kind of stuff, I'm surprised at how little I know about industry after all this time. And I totally
1: agree with you. Um, That's what I love about EVE Online. Here, one of the most, or one of the popular FCs, probably somebody who knows their shit when it comes to EVE Online, you would say. Just say something like that. Just and and some industrialists that's been in this game for 20 years may not know how to fly a cruiser safely in low sec. Like this game is vast, and there's a space for a lot of different play styles.
0: Yeah. If the hollow one eighty uh, says, I remember when you had to wait till it expired. Maybe that's when I learned that I had to wait, and I never knew that they made a queue system if it was ever uh, separated that way.
3: Yeah. I agree with Panda. I've recently been trying to get started on industry to fund my PVP activities. And every time I see something, it's something new that I don't know about.
0: Right. Well, I mean, we can have a show on, on industrial. Actually, we have somebody that uh, just came aboard talking in stations that you all might know if you ever listened to Cap Stable, which was a podcast about four years ago, maybe, maybe more like six to four years ago. And uh, his name was Kuda, right? Uh, and he did industrial stuff. And so I used to like listening to him because he was a new guy. He was, a, he was in Brave Newbies at the time. And he was breaking down how he was learning uh, in the industrial process. And it was really cool because he was very thorough. And so uh, even, even a veteran like me was listening to him saying, you know, not only has he got all the stuff I know, but he's, he's plugging holes uh, but, of info that I didn't know or something. So that was pretty cool.
4: I start the
0: timer and then I... Who's got an open mic? Is that me? That's not me, is it? All right. So, Hateless, uh, another question for you, uh, because I want to see if I can get some info out of you. We talked about this on Sunday, but you and Ashtarathi in the same room might be a pretty cool combination about uh, Winter Nexus, this event that just happened. You liked it a lot. Ashtarathi's very pumped on it. He thinks it's the best one they ever had. But I want to know if you can approach it this time. From and I don't know if you can, I'm asking the direction of uh, a newer player getting involved in the uh winter nexus that kind of event is there an entry point for newer guys? Like, could you have done that in high sec with uh, much success?
4: I mean, I believe sorry, I had to dump my push talk somewhere. I believe that, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, one, so. A Praxis was able to do it with a relatively cheap fit with actually a low bar of entry. Uh, I, so it was probably easier, it would have probably been pretty easy for a new player to get into it. Uh, it would have taken, if they didn't have any of the required skills, it would have taken the most of the event to train into it. But it was possible for newer players to uh, hop in and join. And I did come across a few newer players that were successfully contesting as well and having high contest success rates. which was really impressive. Tell me what contest means in in this. So in the combat sites, what happened was uh, all the loot was in one ship's wreck. And whoever got that wreck won the loot, basically. So it was he who did the most damage to that wreck got the loot. And there were practices everywhere running them. And rapid light missile launcher practices were doing very well in contesting the sites. And the uh the bare minimum to run the sites was actually really easy to, you know, get into. So um, yeah, I I believe that it was fairly accessible to new players. And then there's also the whole exploration side of it, which is fairly new bro friendly. They would have had to spend a little bit on their steros, but if they took that to the they would have gotten some good isk. That's yeah, kind of mo- awesome.
3: Most of what I was doing for between in game between Christmas and the M2 fight was uh just Asteros going around low second for that. And I made a decent amount of isk enough to profit, despite having lost a few Asteros. It was more, uh, more than I usually make in a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the uh, things that's important to note is that there's a difference between uh, a low skill point character and a new player. Right. right. Um, interestingly enough, a new player uh, doesn't know about the Praxis. It isn't in the basic thing. And so there is an act of like... Now, the, the good news is is that a new player that attempts to try to understand these sites by just looking at them will likely run into a Praxis pretty quickly. And if they look at enough of these sites, if they get far enough along, they'll understand that that's what everybody's using. And a quick search will confirm that. But um, my point is is that a newer player... Like this is still a pretty big obstacle for a brand new player to understand because the sh- the site itself was designed for a well tanked battle cruiser or you know, a well you know, real player's battlecruiser to be able to handle. And so by that note, a relatively new player with low SP in a praxis um can still hang because the praxis brings so much to the table and doesn't require any skill points to do so. Um, just in, by nature of being a battleship. Um, but the honest-to-God truth is, is that new players that were getting into these sites did so best as groups. And that is the thing I cannot stress enough about these these sites and previous sites and CCP's stated philosophy about these sites, which is that the, the, they are designed to be Easy, easier to fight in groups, and not just faster. But if the NPCs, for example, are taught or trained to split their DPS, then that means that a group of three cruisers have to deal with significantly less uh, most of the time, um, and have less of a chance of something significantly bad happening than. A single battleship that has everything focused on it and it also means that things like drone ships are more viable because if you're in a site by yourself and you launch your drones your drones are the only other target so when the rats go to switch targets they will destroy your drones but if you're with other fleet members they will be more higher priority targets for the rats to go after so new players working together as a group we're extremely effective in this uh site in this uh, is a, event is
4: there a good way to group up so I yeah, mean talk to people and local and go make friends
1: is it cause is it like
0: uh an incursion where there's not not an incur- yeah an incursion where there's a channel that opens up specifically
1: for the event No, but the thing is is that you get there with a filament so the key is is that you and your buddies it, like we could just be in Pimene and we just click a button and now we're in a in one of the sites right so the The idea is, is that uh, where do you get the buddy, players is, have a is where I, what I'm right? Saying. Well, this is an you activity for people. a corporation. Is there like the is, hopefully you would have a corporation or you would be working towards? Like is there, is there like
0: a, a grinder for Eve or what? what do they call the, those applications that?
4: Well, there's yeah, this, yeah, there's it's, cor,
1: well, it's local. actually, start talking to people.
4: You don't have friends uh, in Eve. Just start talking in local. You'll make friends.
1: It's it's worth noting that uh, on the agency, which is where. Uh, the event is in the same area in that marquee section in the top right of the agency, uh, where the winner winner event goes, is also corporation the corporation tool. And so this is another thing that new that older players might want to start keying in on because newer players are being taught uh, subtly by the UI that that is a good place to go to find a corporation. And so. Uh, it's inter. It, it may be interesting to find out how much that has changed. Uh, adoption of using the corporation advertisement tools. I don't know. I know uh, I haven't been using I, it. I'm enough. not convinced.
0: <laughs> I, I think I think there. Okay, so CCP did a really good job of putting on the on ramps for people who were here and that wanted to get involved. I think we all, we all can agree to that, right? Gets you right into it with the filaments. Gets you right into the system you, where you need to do the thing. And they gave those filaments out free just for logging in. If you logged in on the third day or day three, then you got them or you could just buy them off the market and they were super cheap. Okay. Got that. But if you're saying you needed to kind of group up with people and you're a new guy or a guy with low SP, I start to feel like, well, that's another part of it then that CCP needs to work on because you need to give people uh, easy ways to raise their hand and say, can I play? Uh, Can I, you know, can I get in, can I get in on this game?
4: It, yeah. It's literally called local
1: and you can talk to people and find people. But local like, is
0: full of dirty, trashy, you know, there is too. also an event.
1: There is also an events channel. My, my point is that there are multiple tools and they are working on those tools to get people towards a group to let them do what they want. The point of this is that really all this needs to be is the thing for that group to do. Because like, you know, the and and hopefully these these things will become more and more rhythmic so that way because the thing that i would like to see happen is like within my own alliance a growing group of people that are interested in events understanding that like the old emerging conduits were awesome but they what but any system that's stagnant long enough will become uh solved and then botted and therefore these events kind of solve that problem in the fact that it's like every so every couple of weeks or every month or so, we have two or three weeks out of the month. Half the time, there are these special sites. They they come. They are more or less the same power level uh, as any given month. Uh, month. They may have some flavor changes here and there, tank changes based on the local fauna, but more or less, like they are a thing that you can identify, adapt to, uh, you know, maximize, enjoy, and then get over and move on from and not give people enough time for it to really become solved before once it becomes stale, then that event is over and you move on to the next event. And I really, really, really hope that this becomes a stable pattern. So that way we can become like focused Mm -hmm. on these PVPVE sites, not knowing what the site is going to be at any given time, but knowing that a group of three to five people roughly would be useful to do it.
0: Here's my complaint. And I throw this over to Hateless. I've tried to get, I'm an experienced player and I've tried to get involved in these events and I find they're not easy to get involved with. This is the first time that they were easy to get involved with because they gave you the entry key, right? So you just, yeah. I filament. really
3: liked that they gave filaments then made it easy to get involved with. I, yeah. Well, I no, barely did any previous events, but because the filaments were so made it so easy to get there. I, like I said, between Christmas and the M2 fight, I, Barely did much else in the game.
0: So my my second point, and I brought this up before, is, um, hey, Liz, you're saying just asking, just asking local. So is yeah. it, is it your experience? Well,
4: it doesn't necessarily have to be local. But I mean, if if you sit in station mm-hmm. and don't reach out to anybody, and you just keep to yourself, nobody's going to talk to you. But if you go out there and you try to do the site, somebody will run into you. You talk to that person, you right click on the pilot, open up a conversation and try and talk to him. That one person might not be the best person to talk to, but yeah. you know what? If he talks back, you have somebody to talk to now. That's further than you were before. He may not be what you're looking for, but if you keep on doing this and keep on looking for people, mm-hmm. you will find friends. You will make friends. That is what you have to do to make friends. Um, yeah. Do you yeah, mind yeah. if I do a short story really quick? That's unever related. That kind of follows this along. Sure. Yeah. On this subject. Yeah, sure. So when I first bought my, uh, my, my bike a few years ago, I had no friends that rode motorcycles at all, not a single one. And so what I did is I hopped on my motorcycle and I went and I rode, rode around. And whenever I came across another bike, I'd follow him for a little while. And sometimes they pulled over and we'd talk. I made so many friends just doing that. Like obviously you're somebody's angry that you're following them around. You're you're not gonna pull over with them. You kind of get a feel for people. And and I literally have made the best friends of my life doing that. That was a story um, end. <laughs> I, I'm still friends with one of the people that I chased down, it's that one is... of my best friends. Wow. Like you literally it, it just started literally, you start start chasing yeah, I just started reaching out to people. Like mm. I didn't know anybody. Like just can't come across another biker. Followed him around. We stopped at a stop sign. I left my wife, like, Hey man, want to go ride together sometime? Like that. That's it. Like, so. first of all, the starting point, I, is I love that, you that story. To reach out for many reasons. Need, I love that story. And I, you I, need to reach out to make friends. You yeah. sit in on yourself. You won't reach out. You have to do it in a friendly manner. You can't like follow somebody for five miles and say, Hey man, pull over. Like that's not going to work. But like, I'm riding, see somebody. I turn around, I catch up. Next stop line, I lift the visor and try and talk to them. They don't talk to me. I move on. Like, it was that uh, simple.
0: Has anybody ever yeah. not talked to you or said like, why are you talking to me? I don't
4: know who you are. Oh, I, I had people get gruffy and I don't want to talk to you or or people that just like, uh-huh. like yeah. there were a few like that, but like, okay. I mean, you overcame, I, yeah.
0: you overcame something that might be harder for, for shy people. I would imagine. Yeah.
4: Yeah. i at that time in my life, I viewed myself as extremely shy and I had never done anything like that before. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely outside of my comfort bubble when I did that.
0: Yeah. One, one thing that's interesting is that, um, it's a little safer to do something like that in, in this less personal environment, right? Your face isn't up for grabs, your expressions of like, Oh, I'm not liked aren't up for grabs. So you just have text and it's a little safer to try to say, hey, can I yeah. do a thing? So so I, I commend I, yeah, well, you for doing that in real life.
1: I want to clarify something, which is that uh, these sites were absolutely doable as a solo. As we pointed out, the Praxis was more equipped to do it, you know, whatever. But my point was, is that the sites themselves are not at a power level that an average new player has the experience and skill points and access to ISK that would allow them to use the equipment that would t- take these sites without some other piece of the puzzle, right? So uh, the point is is that uh, these function, if, if it was true that a less than one-month-old pilot or a two-month-old pilot even uh, had the capability of easily having enough ISK to purchase a ship capable of running these sites by themselves uh, and solo them, then why would you use anything else, right? So... So to get the best answers, this goes back to what we were saying earlier, like EVE Online is a series of puzzles and and problems that need to be solved. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to solve it by uh, using a group. But my point was is that this site, unlike other even PVE sites, Mm -hmm. um, is structured in such a way to overwhelmingly reward group behavior. Because it's not just that you're running the site faster, but the rats themselves. Uh, uh, split their DPS and split their got it, got uh, effects. There's advantages the for that, and I
0: get it. the The idea yeah, is I'm, right, but, but I'm just but using not just it advantages but access, because right.
1: three people can use 30 million ISC cruisers and still su- succeed. And therefore, because the problem is, is that when you say that it takes a praxis, then somebody expects to need two to three hundred million ISC in order to be able to do it. Right. But well, when you explain it to them that if you all another option is to have a group. Of people work together in basic t1 cruisers and that is successful then that gets really really interesting yeah
3: okay yeah one one of the things is that well the eve community generally there's a common assumption that if you it's possible to solo a pvp activity that's the only way that that's worth doing it but that's not really true although of all the groups that i've been part of only eve university has cut consistently provided ways to do group versions of stuff for people not able to do with solo yet
2: yeah there's a earlier on uh one of the uh folks in chat i believe it was convicted or convict treacher mentioned he didn't start the game until september but he used uh, hateless's praxis build in high sec it trained the skills he could in the time and still made a good chunk of ISK. and I, I've been scrolling up looking for his name, so I hope I got that proper,
1: yeah, well, right. But that's my point. yeah he so he was faced with a problem that he was able to identify that one way or another he had to engage with the community in order to solve this problem. I don't know if it's bringing friends or bringing friends into the game. I don't know if it's accessing you know hateless extreme or or going to various different websites. But the key here is, is that, this is that bridge point, which basically simultaneously presents a player with a challenge that they sh- that they would like to overcome, and the opportunity for organized groups like corporations and stuff to begin to make this kind of activity the sort of thing that they do as an activity to make money and to uh, you know remain a group.
4: So, Ash, are are you saying this is a good thing or a bad thing? Like the, oh, the, the super good. For- super super good okay okay. yeah yeah because like the the way you're wording it kind of sounds like it could be a bad thing but i I agree with you it is a fantastic thing that it forces players to kind of come together and work as a team i think that that is fantastic you meet friends you get to know people that is what this game is about right what's really cool about that
0: though is that it has this natural
1: progression sorry
0: Sorry. Most fun I had in Eve, maybe second most fun I had was doing incursion fleets when those came out because uh, you were, you were forced to group up with people you didn't know and you felt needed. And so you had, you know, they would say like, we need a Logi pilot. And you're like, I could do that. And so then you jumped in and then you had this instant group of cooperating people to do this thing. And I did that for the first few weeks because not because I needed to do it, but because I really enjoyed uh, being able to possibly meet new people that was the big thrill there
1: right and so here's the thing though, and this is why this is so incredibly critical things like incursions and even the, all these other things those actually do have some sort of high barrier to entry, right so one of the things that's interesting is we're trying to become an incursion fleet running group ourselves, but basically we have to stand it up from scratch uh, because we're not just going to like always join another fleet or whatever so like, we have to do massive amounts of logistical effort that an organization smaller than the convocation would just fail to do. So, this isn't something that a small team of guys that are all playing EVE Online together uh, just does as their day to day activity. But uh, when it comes to these kinds of events, this changes everything because, so, a, a normal player, so like, we have people in our corporation uh, all the time that's just sitting around. Uh, waiting kind of for things uh, for there to be things to do they don't understand enough about the game to go out and quote unquote make their own things uh the the things that they know to do are things that are relatively safe for them to do which means they're probably bored with them so they'd be really they would be very excited if some sort of fc would throw together some of the more organized things but asking them to do it that's a whole nother echelon above them so Mm -hmm. with this event you know uh individuals can go out and start running them but at the same time if people want to they can start running them together and as i said like if a, if a new player right now if if a because Players don't also come into this game in isolation. New players often come in in clusters of two or three people, and often those those friend groups fail out, and maybe one person sticks to it because there aren't really good objectives for that tier of player. Right. And there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of upsetting things. I put up a structure, and then it gets blown up. I you know whatever like I got a game and then lost every my
0: stuff that I've been saving for right. a week. Yeah. I guess. And then one
1: friend leaves, and then the f- friend group collapses, and now you've got one person out of the whole group that cares about even even online enough to stay. But if you, I, I'm telling you right now, if if you have a if if I'm describing your group right now, if you start thinking about how these events go, then by Easter your group will have the power it takes to be extremely successful in these sites, including the harder yeah. sites. Um, we went to uh, Losec. And All right, well, so, well, you know,
0: save us the example. We, we get it. You'll be successful. But I, I want to make this into a larger oh, meta ask.
1: And that my, I, my point was other people started running the fleets afterwards when, okay, when I wasn't so, running them anymore. So the more. knowledge like, on.
0: transfers to other people.
1: <clears throat> the meta question well, here. And no, this is, this is the part that's really, really important to me. Right, like, and I feel like we keep missing it. Right, because it. every step of the way is natural to those people right? So a group of new players are checking this out. This is the cool content to check out, right? Like what am I, I just started playing this game. What is there to do? Oh, there's these cool events. How do I do it? Well, the best way to do it is with a small team. Okay, cool. Like now you could figure out how to get your battleship or if it just so happens that you guys have, this, have a team, there's now these team-building exercises. And that group does that, and they're relatively successful. They learn to play with each other. And here's the thing. Within a few short days, they feel pretty comfortable. And then the fact that the harder sites, which aren't really harder, they usually just take a little bit longer and have, offer crazy better rewards, are just on the other side. And so suddenly these guys had no intention of PvPing, are going into dangerous areas. They still actually have no intention of PvPing, although they are in fully functional PvP ships. But, and this is the most critical thing, you've now tricked that group into going into somewhere dangerous and doing something dangerous for money. And because they are working as a team... Often, they're more successful than you would expect. And now you have people operating as a team in a fleet doing crazy, uh, you know, more and more in-depth stuff. And the next event, they may go deeper or they may try something else. They may go into Mortar's Legion sites. They may do whatever. But what this does is it basically creates a breadcrumbed trail that brings somebody to, I don't really know what's going on and leads them into increasingly, there's always a reason to go deeper down the rabbit hole in this case. All right. Did you make your, you make sorry. your point the way you that was, to? That was oh. my full rant. I'm All sorry. Right. All
0: right. Well, the, the big matter question is here. And I mentioned it before. And that is where's the Eve? Where's the grinder for Eve? I don't know if a grinder is that app. What's the app where you swipe, like the dating service app?
3: Uh, Tinder. Tinder. Grinder yeah. is one of them. It is. Uh, it Moving
0: is on. Cease to be Helmar. I'm kind
2: right. of disturbed that he knows that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Grinders the one that, that I hear about. <laughs> it, yeah, that one's <laughs> for
1: that one's notably for homosexual people. Okay. So well um, that explains it. Okay. So Grindr... But C C P. Helmar has suggested that we should have a looking for group functionality and, and they have danced around the idea. So that might be something coming soon.
0: Okay. Yeah. How well,
3: would the... a looking how would we're well, looking for group functionality work when the first thing that new players get told is that they should never trust anyone else that they encounter in the game.
0: Yeah. Right. That's a problem. Um, that's Go ahead, Nick.
2: That can only be overcome by literally sticking your neck out and taking a chance. And that's kind of how it happened to me when I was a very new player, I was cruising through low sec. Cause I didn't know any better. And two guys jumped on me and, just about killed me i got lucky because i was yes i was autopiloting through low sec i made it to the gate went through about a minute and a half later they came through while i was repairing and they chatted me and they're like dude do you know what you were doing they and say, i'm like nope nope and we started to chat and that was the first core i joined
0: a very common story did they say um are you on grinder <laughs>
4: <laughs> so so one story I have from this event is I was out in Losec running them with my two Dracovics. And I had somebody pop in local. He tried to catch me and failed. And then we started talking because he tried and failed. So we opened up a line of communication. We're like, well, obviously we can't kill each other. So let's try and be friends. And what ended up happening is some locals came in and we actually ended up helping each other. We literally like worked together, built some trust, and ended up helping each other. It was fantastic. Like that happens, I think that's really neat. You just have to take the risk,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're right. So I actually want to just address that question directly, though. With uh, you know, how, if the only thing they know is to that they can't trust anybody, the issue is is the other half of that, which is the only thing that they understand about their own capabilities that they know nothing about how the game works but that they'll be punished if they do something wrong so that's actually the bigger threat because that's the reason why you need so much trust to work with somebody because you don't understand the way that other people can be a threat to you and therefore they are an absolute threat to you you don't know when they can attack you you don't know how they can trick you into attacking you you don't know anything yet and therefore you don't you can't even evaluate that 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 problem and so part of the solution here and you've seen it actually in what CCP has done is provide uh varying degrees of protection from social like uh, within the social structures i.e there are certain things that you're not allowed to do you can make corporations not friendly fire you can uh you know monitor fleet uh, re- records in specific ways, and maybe they might uh, institute other protections if they wanted to. But by allowing there to be understandable systems that allow us to, be, uh, to experiment with social uh, interactions with one another uh, in a way that we fa- feel safe, will allow us to build those social bonds. And then the real trust comes as we then together start to build something together. Okay.
0: I still wanna build grinder for Eve. I think that is like a good use of some coding skills uh, for somebody. In fact, I think you could actually really deploy it in any MMO, right? Because the promise of an MMO is not that you're gonna go and meet everybody. It's that you're going to go and meet somebody, but you don't know who. And you really need to like go through a ton of people to figure out like who your friends are, a good corporation uh, is for you, what a good fit looks like, et cetera, et cetera. And you can have so many bad experiences before you ever get even close to that. Like we've all had that problem. So why not build some kind of application that says real talk, not this uh, fictional, we do everything, we mine, we fight, we do this, we do that, we do it all that are in the recruitment post, but something that is a lot more maybe AI intensive where you say, these are my personality traits. And then they could say, okay, well, let's match you up with someone who is not the same as you, but just a little mutation. And then you can actually find your people. You know what I mean? Like that would be great. Yeah. And that would is, be talking in stations, the grinder edition.
1: I, <laughs> I don't disagree with you. And, and, and like, this or the is other one. kind yeah, of one of the $1 million answers, but I just need you to agree right now. Uh, at this time, to but regardless of how seriously you're going to do it, I need you to run for CSM this year under the platform of Grinder for Eve. Please,
0: please. <laughs> this is awesome. This you is, heard it here first. This is an idea I floated about five years ago when we were actually I was at TMC and I was like, let's let's figure out what we're trying to do here. And I was, and that was the vision uh, that I wanted to pursue was you know, uh, a Tinder swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right on characteristics until you kind of actually discovered a group that might actually fit you. And I'm talking meta stuff too, not just I want to mine, I want to mine in big ships, small ships, whatever, not those kinds of questions, but my favorite color is blue. Um, You know, I, I'm religious in this way. I'm not religious. I, I love the occult. I'm, I like atheism. You know, like you start to really kind of find your people in this mad MMO world that's out there. Or, you know, just like I respect pirates. Pirates are evil. Like that's a fundamental question. And whatever side of that question you're on will totally dictate who you're even comfortable with and who makes you feel totally terrible. So there's some easy questions that we could get through. What do you guys think of that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should do it.
1: So, I may or may not have purchased the domain for new-eden.me and new-eden.space with the idea that, like, one of the dreams that I've had is to make a place where people can have their profiles, much like a WoW armory or something. So you can, you know, opt in via API and whatnot. And we can track not only, you know, what you have and what you've done. But we can also potentially create like an achievement system, so that way, if you've been to certain systems, we can record that. If you've been part of specific fights, we could detect that based on kill mark, kill mails, or whatever, um, and allow people to kind of like have your almost your like. We used to have, oh, what was that? It was Eve. What was the Facebook of Eve? There was a there was an Eve portal, uh, website thing that they had I, I that was super not a thing for a long time and then they got rid of it but they dabbled with this idea of a like a a social media space yeah. for your character basically where you can you know showcase I, stuff about your character I and, don't and that. coordinate well they never got it very, like it never even got close to realizing that but it was like the way that you could check your mail outside of the game before the app the point is can you imagine
0: how many bad corporations you could have avoided you know like actually i didn't run into that many bad corporations they were pretty good because i did what you do uh hateless i would just basically talk in public and and if i liked you know what somebody was saying i would be like well who do you you know what's your group like are you guys recruiting and it's as easy as that because almost everybody's recruiting
1: so maybe it's you know were you like five minutes ago super skeptical of him saying that he talks in local and now you're like, "I did it too, like no,
0: I loved his story where he basically chased guys on motorcycles and said, "You want to ride together like that was to me that's takes that takes some guts like
1: i would and and I think that that's part of what Eve is, especially why it like deals with real life like why it teaches real life skills right because it lets us confront real life problems ultimately dealing with things like a a problem that requires coordination or communication or cooperation in order to solve, uh, like, that's a, that's a real thing. Doesn't matter how much of a video game it is, that's a real thing. And so how people respond to it. Another good one is, you know, like the, the risk versus reward of EVE Online. When you talk to somebody, especially like you'll find maybe somebody's only run missions their entire life for like years and years and years. And they'll talk about LOSEC as things like, I can't go there. Because it's too dangerous, or something like that, as if, um, as if they're like, they have a, a threshold, and there is no ability to like compensate for an issue, or especially like haulers who may not have ever like looked into what suicide how suicide ganking really works, like they understand things in a very kind of black and white way, but even online if you want to be successful you must face this challenge right you never have to take a step up you never have to go deeper down the rabbit hole you never have to move into low sec or null sec or danger space you never have to join a corporation if you don't want to but eventually the fact that you haven't becomes more and more noticeable and it's either you know go mm. deeper down the rabbit hole or get out
0: right all right now speaking of or getting out home. speaking of getting out we kind of ran a little bit past our our uh, time. Do you guys have, yeah. Sons of Eve. That's hilarious. Um, I also like that other one, Eve harmony. They got me thinking, you know, I would say like, you know, you go in an MMO, you kind of want to meet like a significant, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Special lady friend. I think they call it with, uh, Lebowski. Um, no, all I happen. want is a
1: CSM campaign, with like, the tagline grinder for Eve, that's all I ask for. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, you know,
0: no, and EVE, that's just not going to happen, right? Like, you might as well go to a different game. Um, I, okay. I, I can honestly
4: see that being a successful line. I really hope it happens.
0: <laughs> All right, dude, you got anything
3: else? Uh, yeah, Hateless. Uh, but on your stream right before the show, you were doing an experiment about InstaLock. Do you want to tell us about I that? I was. I actually have a clip to show yeah, you. Yeah, I, watch- I was watching it until right before the show.
4: Oh, uh, one second. Let me pull it up. Uh, We wanted to prove, because we've had this argument on TIS a couple times, and we were arguing about it during uh, my stream today, and I wanted to prove whether or not it was truly possible to catch something that had a sub-two-second alignment time. Oh, yeah, that's
0: hotly debated.
4: It is possible. We have video proof. We did it. We made it. And As far as I'm concerned, the debate's over. It is a fact that it can be done. It is insanely difficult, though. Uh, The person doing it had to get his ping below 10.
0: Yeah, that was a UK ping, right? (laughs) You're not from England.
4: Uh, He was in Germany. Oh. So he had really good ping. Let me pull up the video. Do you want me to link it to you and then you can play it on stream or do you just want me to share my screen? You
0: play it, share it on screen. I think that'll work. That's why we set up this way, so we can share each other's screens.
1: Just really briefly. So, uh, EVE Online... Works on a one-second tick, which means actions happen once a second. Uh, the common understanding is that the if you have a warp speed below two seconds, then that makes you uncatchable because by the time a person is uh, can possibly finish the lock and execute the command to scram you, you have already successfully entered the command to, or you've already successfully entered into warp. So, but there is a theory that. People with extremely low ping versus maybe people with higher ping or if it's closer too close to the two second mark or whatever it is, that that there isn't that they would still be catchable, but it's so hard that many people believe it's not. So that was the debate. Hey, Liz, what side were you on prior to this? I was on the side that it was not possible. Okay. So, you actually disproved your own understanding. that's that's yeah. interesting because that's way different than somebody who dispro- that proves their own stuff. like it so you legitimately were trying to prove that you were right, yeah,
3: and you gave at least one or two people, a few hundred million isk for helping,
1: yeah, that is commendable. like ah, uh, that's a good point. He hateless does these kinds of experiments, and he's really good at rewarding people. Uh, one of the things I remember, oh man, what was it? There was something that like everybody is claiming something. And you basically said if you, if somebody got video, oh, if somebody had video evidence of a scramming ship on a gate yeah, during so, invasions chapter one and two, you offered some ridiculous bounty.
4: Yeah, I was like, if this is possible, prove me wrong. I'll, I'm i going to give you, here's a challenge. Show me the <laughs> screenshot and I will reward you with this. And this challenge today, I, I, I'm trying to p- play it in loop for you guys, but I don't know if you guys are actually able to see it. Uh is the stream the stream is actually seeing it. Yeah, they can see So it. this is a short seven-second clip. Uh I had the logs to prove it as well. Uh from all sources, everybody involved gave me their logs. Um, so basically what we're looking at here is uh a, a replay of my game capture. What we were doing is I got into a 1.94 second alignment time sinesis and um I made the signature radius as big as possible. So I did everything in the favor. I was, I was confident. Okay. So I, I put the 500 million. I was like, there's no way, but now I know I, I paid the 500 million to learn this lesson. I'm happy to do that. And I'm happy to share it. But what we did is they set up a camp and I was going in circles near Jita. So it was really accessible for people to do it. There's a system called Neobin that only has like an average of 15 people in local, which some people were saying that uh, local population might make it harder or easier. But we probably did 30, 40 laps. I went suspect to give everybody the ability to catch me. And I was, I was doing circles. I was just doing circles over oh, and over. So they set up a me, camp. Let me they get that
0: straight the- just so, so people understand it. You set up a little route and you said, you guys can set up on any of those gates. I'm going to circle this route. You guys try to catch me. Is that the situation? Yes.
4: That's the situation. I gave them oh. every advantage they could get. Let me be clear. You're landing
1: and then trying to warp again? No. Out of the gate. So I went in a circle. So I went. I see. So from, you're jumping in, ran- from from into one of the gates and then warping and then going yeah, to a different. It guy. wasn't random. I was literally in a circle. So I, I went. Just Jita, it. dash. No, no, I know. But I, I thought you meant like right. w- a circle between the gates within the same system. All right, all right. So I was confused. Let's, let's let him finish. Go ahead.
4: So I, I, I went Jita, nuke, Jita, perimeter, Nia Benyon, and then back to Jita and just in a circle. I was just going in circles. We probably did this for about 40 minutes. And they have sensor boosters, they have everything, like they are literally doing everything. We finally got one where it caught me on the server tick after where I warped, and this is the result literally happens in just a fraction of a second. It's almost immediate. I go into warp about a quarter, I'm tackled. Ooh, That's it. <laughs> wow,
0: you could have you had That's some, it. you could have had a little more room at the end of I that. I
4: probably one. need to extend the clip a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. But but um, that was fast. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is theoretically was impossible, but now we can see that it's very much possible. But that was fast. Oh my god. Oh, you lagged out there. So there. So how did they do it? Oh,
2: we lose uh Does volume. It, I think
4: your mic came out. Oh, oh, sorry. Them. I'm not pushing push to talk. My cats here. So the their their. Uh, sensor resolution was insanely high; they were above 5,000, and my signature radius was as high as possible. We got it all the way up to uh, over, it was like 120 uh, meters signature radius on the census. So we got a big signature radius, and so it it, it literally removed the locking time from the equation. Um, and then what we did is or or what happened is the player that caught me uh, we asked him the critical data which was what was his ping uh, my ping was 30 meters or 30 ms and his ping was 10 so i had a good ping and he had a good ping so it is possible i do not believe that the ping of the warper or the person warping is important but we he got it in, in one server ticket it is possible to happen Although we made a lot of laps in 40 minutes, you can make a lot of laps around this three little jump area and there were hundreds of attempts how, how, okay, and so, we only got one so
0: even with So even with this loadout that he was using, it didn't happen on the very first time he tried to get you?
4: No. It, it, he, we tried several times.
0: Okay. So even with the best case scenario,
4: it's not always going to work. Correct. Somebody can be perfect. He, he, he said that his fingers hurt from mashing the buttons over and over and over again. <laughs> he, he had his overview set up specifically that so only a sinisus would appear. And before I even appeared, he was sitting there mashing it. Yeah.
0: All right. Do we have like any, he, do we have any yeah, questions anyway. in chat? If you guys have questions, let's have them now. Uh, okay. So chances are, if you have a sub two, align ping, uh, that's for experienced players to understand. Sorry, new guys. Then
4: uh, you're pretty much safe. It's like a 99.99 chance that you'll yeah. get
0: through. Okay, unless you run into I'm, a smart bomb. Powering smart
4: bombs, yeah.
2: but yeah. It's was impossible. There was one just, uh, it's not a random question, but uh, one of the folks asked, approximately what was the range uh, he was at from you?
4: Uh, Somewhere between 18 and 15, I think is where he was. Uh, we were doing disrupts uh, because they have a longer range. And... Uh, they were working together, they were remote sensor boosting each other. Um, and we had like, seriously, we, we were just doing laps as quickly as we could and talking about it while we were doing it. So the fact that it's possible blew my mind and I'm happy that we did it.
0: Sorry about the bubbles there. All right. So, um, we'll get into this stuff later, but, uh, it was a long point, which gives you better range, but, um. Well, we'll explain that kind of tackling stuff at another time. Most of you guys probably know what the tackling stuff is. Okay. Uh, I got to go. I had to go a little while ago. Any other questions? Okay. Any other bits of news or anything? We, we can take care of news uh, again tomorrow. There's definitely a few little things here and there, but um, we'll have to. I just wanted
1: to, um, like, I think that we should at least let people know that um, while. We have been doing the daily newsletter and everything um, in the last like couple of weeks. I don't know if people have been paying attention, but there's been something that has taken a lot of uh, attention from people a, lo- a lot of the time in real life. And so, um, until like things kind of get back to normal, uh, things like the daily uh, news article, news bulletin, is going to be a a best effort kind of a deal as opposed to an actual daily.
0: Oh, the news. Yeah. I may actually, um, I'm actually, uh, we're trying to figure out what's doable because I'm, I'm running into a lack of, um, it's just taking too much time. I need more writers. I need more analysts, uh, in order to, f- to summarize the news so that it becomes a group effort. Cause right now the majority of the writing is, uh, or collecting and stuff is me with Gregorin helping out quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, It might be worth doing maybe three days a week as opposed to every day. Cause some days there's just not a lot of news and we can fill with finding a, you know, a small piece of news here and then just elaborating on it. But literally if you, if you see a cool, um, what do you call it? Kill mail, you have to go write the guy and the guy has to write you back. And that takes time. And usually I work on this show and then I take a break and then I come back and do evening stuff and it ends up that I'm working alone at midnight Pacific time, and like nobody's awake. So if I have any questions, yes. there's really no recourse for answers,
1: and so sure. it's, it's but, but beyond the long term, what I'm talking about though is right now. Just to make sure everybody's yeah. like heads up to, to the current events. Um, You know, one of the things that's really nice about this kind of community is that we've had almost continuous, uh, you know, like five to 10 people in our voice chat and generally speaking, pretty reasonable discussions as we have attempted to help each other as a community process and discuss and work through uh, all the stuff that's happening in the world. So, um, you know, during the election, we, or you guys covered, uh, the election pretty well. I don't feel like this is something that we cover. We don't have politics episodes instead of real uh, you know, Eve episodes as we did with that. But at the same time, um, a lot of, a lot of people that make TIS work is paying pretty close attention for various reasons to that as well. So keep that in mind.
0: Oh yeah. This is something that, that we, revisit every once in a while but talking in stations was literally um a show from the editorial view of uh TMC at the time I was editor and it was it was changing to INN and uh, we decided to make a show and it would really be like a showing off of articles that were on INN that we had published and since I was editing I knew all about those articles and that was what well, was going to be a little review about you know the news but it's become a lot more than that. It, it grew out of a group of friends basically, and there's still like an inner core of talking in stations. And those guys are all uh, anthropologists, right? They're, they're curious about um, not only politics and government, but uh, society and uh, video games as well. And I don't mean arcade video games, I mean like deep, consequential, incredibly complicated systems that's who talking in stations is really made up of and you can see that in the people that we present to you uh and and you can see that in the feedback from people that we get that said when when the world goes on fire like australia's on fire or or a, a virus is coming out of uh asia uh, china uh or you know it's a huge earthquake uh, in Los Angeles, like we're on top of those things. We hear about EVE Online, we hear about real life news at talking in stations before it even hits actual news uh, sites and stuff. Like there's an earthquake earthquake in California, I'm like, dude, earthquake, I think it's about a seven, you know, and then everybody knows that that's happening and then they'll hear it 15 minutes later on the news or whatever. So clearly the world's kind of on fire right now in the United States, so we've been distracted by looking at that but we've had what's pretty cool 10 to 20 people constantly inside of our political channel which you can't see unless you subscribe to it we're not saying to subscribe to it don't go in there <laughs> right because it's a vibe thing yeah. like unless you really want to do it uh, but that's where a lot of time has gone um, with uh with everything
1: all right, quick question. I'm really, okay. I'm really incredibly proud of how we have so far, knock on wood, managed to navigate through all of this stuff. Um, and I think it's very helpful for people of all different spectrums to have a place where it can be discussed and, and talked through an environment that is successful at having those discussions. Um, so I think that that value is incredibly important. Um, but at the same time, isn't necessarily the concern for those who aren't Opting into that, so we don't necessarily want to be bothering everybody too much about that. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to just let it go unaddressed.
0: Right, and all this to say, I think that all this to say, I think that we're looking always at talking stations as a group and trying to figure out like, what do we, what do we want to do? What, what is this for? Why are we here? What's the purpose of all this work? Because it literally is a full time job. If you're doing it alone, uh, it's just that much work because you have to run not only the content creation side of it, but also, um, the community side of it, which is a big deal. Um, and, and there's a lot of help in that regard. We have great people that help out with a lot of this stuff. So it couldn't be done anymore by one person like it used to be, but what so, we're always looking uh, at, what are we, you know?
4: So just as a note, content creation is not a simple thing to do. There's a lot more involved that people have to do to create content than just sit in front of camera and talk. There's yep. a lot going on and it is a big job. And even those that only commit a few hours a week, they are committing a lot of their time and effort behind scenes to make it happen. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for the people trying to do it and a lot of respect for the people that are succeeding in it as well. It's, it's a huge thing.
1: yes absolutely and and talking in stations has a lot of ideas about like moving forward and we were going to actually discuss some of that tonight but obviously we derailed ourselves mostly by me over and over again so everybody's gonna have to wait till later
0: yeah we'll make it a better Uh, we have some ideas we have some plans and we're a little bit busy is what we're saying so bear with us as we make an adjustment because we went right through holiday season like we didn't stop for for holiday season and we didn't take a break and we literally need to uh recalibrate refocus make sure we're we're delivering content that is either well it has some added value right either solves your problem or entertains you or you know you gain some knowledge from it so we'll make sure we keep hitting those markers all right uh that's a little that feels a little self-indulgent i have a feeling uh i may clip that out of this podcast version of this but whatever all right guys that's
1: why you put it at the end i just wanted people to know.
0: Okay, really appreciate uh, you guys coming around, Astrothi, especially you, getting me motivated to get on here and uh, bringing all the knowledge. Hateless, Uh, of course, Gregorin and Nick, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, one last- Thank you for
4: having me today, it was a fun day.
0: Uh, Thanks, man, I'm glad you could chill out here with us and I I thought you were, uh, I didn't wanna hold you up too long. So one more thing about uh, all this whole thing of talking in stations, I've I've actually started to put up uh, subscriptions on YouTube so people can get more involved that way. And I'm thinking actually at some point I'll have to put out a menu of actual rewards we give to people like Nick here who supported us without any rewards because all our Patreons are like, just do a good job for everybody else. I don't want any special content for me, um, but we will. But find those
3: rewards in. will not be in-game rewards.
0: No in-game rewards ever from Target and Yeah. They're going to be effort rewards, stuff that we do or closer rewards. Like, you know, I'm not gonna say, come hang out with me or I'm gonna follow you on Twitter or any of that BS. It'll be more, um, if you actually wanna hang out behind the scenes, you know, then you become more a part of the group that way. I don't know, I don't know how to do this game. I don't like gamifying stuff, but your support, totally appreciated, uh, like everybody else's, if you can do it. If you can't, just hang out be cool, it's fine.
3: Okay. Yeah, you can also also subscribe to us on Twitch if you want to.
0: Yeah, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, actually, Twitch uh, is blown by YouTube, which is crazy. We have about 7,500 followers here on Twitch, only 7,200 on YouTube. It used to be the other way around. But those uh, big fights, you know, they bring a lot of new people to talking in stations. Wow. Okay, guys. Yeah, swipe left. Swipe left on Matter. <laughs> I don't know how those things work. I was married long before uh, that kind of technology hit the market, unfortunately. All right, guys, take care. And we will see you next time on Talking In Stations. Grinder and Eve.
1: Grinder and Eve.